to show. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Off Mass Podcast. And it's Dante. And my guest this week is um a jiu-jitsu grappler that i met on instagram like most um but the unique thing about this grappler is they're also an artist and i'm sure a lot of you other grapplers are artists too but i don't be seeing y'all work i don't be seeing y'all do nothing with it so here we are so i'm going to be welcoming on the podcast this week miss melly from australia hello melly welcome to the show how are you Hi, I'm good. Thanks. Thank you so much for having me. No, no, thank you for making the time and doing this on such a quick turnaround. I think we talked like last <laughs> week. You know, yeah. I, can do it, I can do it on Sunday or Saturday. It's like, okay. and then also with the time, I didn't understand mm-hmm. that your Sunday is my Saturday. I had it flip flopped, and I was like, okay, I can do Sunday. <laughs> it's gonna be weird, but it'll be Saturday for you. And then even my wife at the time was like, no, you numb skull. She's <laughs> gonna be on sunday and you're gonna be on saturday i was like are you sure the only reason why i realized that myself is because i was just over there and i was like oh we lose a day back home so otherwise i would have thought the same thing (laughs) well i mean you're the first person i've spoken to from australia so i don't know any different i just think because i'm used to talking to people from like california Mm. and and uh you know europe and I'm here in Maryland on the East Coast in the U.S. So, you know, if I'm talking to someone from Europe, it's usually five to six hours uh, oh, time right. difference. And then if I'm talking to someone from California, they're usually behind by four hours. Mm. So or maybe three, I don't know, a bunch of hours. So when I spoke with you, I was like, huh, well, <laughs> it can't be that bad, right? I guess that's why they call us the land down under. <laughs> 14 hours behind <laughs> Maybe I mean you guys are in the future right now. So Yeah, no, that's true, actually. <laughs> like that's how I think of time zones, it's just time travel, which yeah, you know, if you guys listened to the last episode or one of the last, yeah, I think it was last episode with my good friend Shoki. We ended the podcast with some time travel talks. So if you haven't heard that, go check it out. But <laughs> Why we are here is because I want to talk to you about first off jujitsu and then also seeing your work on Instagram with jujitsu and really your artwork. Like it's like I for me to say someone's art is really good, it isn't really saying much because I can't do stick figures. But when I see it, it's like, dude, that's like because you see it coming to life as you're doing it. So I guess my first question is for jujitsu. Mm-hmm. Um, what got you started with it and when did you start? Okay, so actually jiu-jitsu came to me because of a shoulder injury. Um, I suppose like most jiu-jitsu people, we have lots of practical hobbies. Um, And I was actually snowboarding in Japan um, a couple of years ago. And the PAL was amazing. If you've ever been to Japan, you can totally relate to that. So I was finding the PAL and uh, unfortunately I hit um, a covered uh, hole in the ground and just the way my snowboard sort of collided with that uh, little, that hole. I landed poorly on my left shoulder and I was like, oh, 
that doesn't feel great. I didn't pop it, but it was certainly like jarred. Uh, and it was one of those injuries that just took a little bit of time to recover. Uh, and I was definitely in that uh, injury depression stage. And I was training at a gym just down the road and it had mixed martial arts. And one of the personal trainers was offering um, a special for 10 sessions. And I thought, you know what, let's just commit to 10 sessions, use it as an opportunity to rehab, commit to training, get myself back uh, out and amongst it. Um, and he happened to be a black belt. So after about four or five of our uh, rehab sessions with my shoulder, he said, you know what, I think you'd really enjoy jiu-jitsu. You should give it a, a, a crack. And I went to my first class and I was like, oh, wow, <laughs> this is amazing. There's so much to learn. It'll be never ending. And I just, from then on, I have not been able to resist the urge. <laughs> so that was, um, I've been training probably for four years now. Uh, I suppose everyone feels that lull uh, in during COVID where the world froze <laughs> for a little bit. But over the period of four and a half to five years, I'd say I've been training pretty comfortable that um, four of those, three and a half to four of those have been uh, active uh, engagement with the sport. So it's always interesting when I think about people doing jujitsu. And one of the things you just said there that I've noticed with other grapplers too is there's so much to learn so you mm -hmm. want more there's a thirst for knowledge yeah. whereas I, I know people who they've come out there they've they've tried it they're like yeah it, it's fun yeah i'm gonna go ahead and check out though but those who <laughs> stick around are those that are always wanting to know more or you know, curious. Just like yeah you're curious you're just, you know you're, you're like you said like just hobbies and and most grapplers I know aren't just people who are like, you know, and you know, I was I was sewing the other day and then I, you know, I was knitting a scarf and then I decided to do jujitsu. It's like usually something extreme, like, you know, snowboarding or, you know, you know back riding. yeah, bareback riding, you know, all these crazy things. And it's like, like, are, are grapplers normal? Do we do normal shit? During uh, when Australia was uh, in lockdown, I did take up crocheting. So it's on one of my list of hobbies. So we can't rule it out entirely for me. <laughs> I mean, it's that's the thing, though. It's like you probably figure like, OK, well, you know, we're kind of down it down a little bit. Let me just, mm. you know, rule it in. Let's find something that's not destructive on my body. Let's crochet, you know, a blanket or something. <laughs> Yeah, actually, I was making little jujitsu toys. <laughs> so I made a lion, put it in a gi. Like I was just everything sort of comes back to jujitsu <laughs> in that creative aspect, too. So it was, yeah, it was quite fun. <laughs> but certainly there are lots of hobbies, but uh, I think jujitsu is definitely uh, my favorite. And because there is, there's always, it's just one of those fascinating sports where you can be the same rank as someone, you can have the same number of, uh, hours or years on the mats, but you just don't know what they know, you know, and they could know something more, they could know something less, but everyone always has something to offer. It doesn't matter who, what, where, like it's just, it's incredible how you can't have your blinkers on, you have to have your eyes wide open. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's a great sport for that. Yeah, jujitsu. I know I, I post memes every so often. We make fun <laughs> of white belts and blue belts. I, I'm a blue belt, so. Yeah, me too. <laughs> when people get mad at me for making fun of blue belts, it's like, dude, chill. I'm a blue belt too. 
I'm just as dumb as you. Chill, dude. It, but, but the thing is, yeah, like we all know something that someone else doesn't know. Even white belts. I, I've had white belts, not even necessarily explaining jujitsu, but just kind of practical, you know, things in life that can translate to jujitsu. That's like never thought of it that way. And that's how I apply it to my grappling life is like just like picking up things along the way. So you know, we all know something. We all can help each other. You know, whether it be a kid, you know, when, when you're coaching a kid's class and just mm. watching how a kid does something. It's like, huh, never thought about that. So Yeah. And it's so good to share. Like, it's a, a really good sport to share. <laughs> so I love that you can share wins. You can share losses. You can share knowledge. You can share experience. Like, it, it really is. You can make it whatever you want it to be. So. Sure. What's the jiu-jitsu scene like there in Australia for you? Where, where, like, where exactly are you in Australia? Like, because my wife I'm, was trying to break that down to me. I was like, I, I, I don't know. It's Australia. <laughs> Just this big floating island <laughs> beneath the rest of the world. Uh, so I'm actually in Sydney, uh, which is on the east coast. So I'm not sure if you're familiar with the east coast, but Queensland is north uh, of us and then we have Victoria and then Tasmania kind of on that east coastline. Um, so I'm kind of uh, just below the centre line if you were to cut a horizontal line across Australia uh, in Sydney, which is really good. Um, it's a sport that's growing. So for us we have it's, uh, it's still, I'd say, relatively new, <laughs> really. Like there's lots of amazing athletes that come out of Australia and you start to see us on the world stage. Like we were, we had plenty of representation uh, over in California at Worlds, you know, just recently, which was amazing. Um, and we've got some big names sort of coming through. I'd say that um, Australia, Jiu-Jitsu in kind of like the next five to ten years when we get some of those kids growing up through the sport it's going to be something pretty special to see so right now um i'd say we're kind of like it's hard to describe but i'd say we're probably like intermediate level like if you're going to measure us uh, on a scale of jiu-jitsu like we've got a like an iceberg situation going on where we've got those really awesome athletes right at the top there uh, and below the surface are starting to grow those athletes that are going to come up um soon enough if that's enough of a description, <laughs> it makes perfect sense. I get yeah. you. It, it's, I mean, it, it's it's a grown sport. I mean, it's yeah. it, it's a grown sport worldwide. Period. So, you know, mm. when you hear about it in another country, you know, there's always this this question. Hell, even here in the U.S., when I have guests on, I always want to know what's the mm. jujitsu scene like in New Mexico or Arkansas mm-hmm. or you know wherever it may be, because, you know, I'm here in Maryland and I think the jujitsu scene is pretty, pretty cool here. You know, we have quite a few schools. We're active, you know, in, in the bigger competitions, things like that, you know, but then if you talk to someone from Michigan, where mm-hmm. I'm originally from, then, then my question is like, Hey, what's it like up there? And I'm really asking that question because if I go to visit, I want to know where I can go train. That mm-hmm. That's what that really comes down to. But yeah. I also do want to know, like, what's it like for you all? Yeah. So I guess, like, another um, way that I could describe it is having just spent time uh, in California for Worlds, I was really lucky to go and train at a handful of gyms over there. Uh, and the difference, I suppose, in the training is how strategic uh, and technical the knowledge is. So 
all the coaches that I spoke to over there, it was mind-blowing the level of detail that they went into because the students are at a level where they're like, yep, I've got this muscle memory down pat. I know what my game is. I know what I'm trying to get better at. Talk to me about how to be the best at the highest level. Like it's it's really, really cool to like just sit and listen and have those conversations. Whereas in Australia, uh, whilst we have a lot of skill and knowledge in that area, it's um, it's not in all of the gyms like we've got like again it's that there's a few here and there that i've seen that at um but might have just been topical or seasonal because of world but every gym that i went to in in california was just like pow with that technical knowledge so it was yeah pretty fascinating how the the priorities of training are a little bit different between uh the gyms i've been to in australia and then my experience just recently uh in california so that was really cool it seems like California, I mean, that's kind of the 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 hotbed. You know, yeah. <laughs> hot spot for jiu-jitsu here in the U.S. I mean, New York is pretty good in Jersey mm. as well. But California, it's like everyone that I've encountered through social media, if I'm talking to someone and we're like, hey, you want to you know, be on the podcast? I automatically assume they're from California. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> I would say... I would say seven out of ten. Right. Okay. You know, it's California. Surprisingly, I don't really encounter a lot of people from New York and New Jersey. Oh. You know, you know, when I'm on social media, you know, I do, but I don't. You know, it's like I talk to more people from California. So, mm-hmm. but it, it makes sense what you're saying. It, it seems like they're always kind of on the on the you know uh, cutting edge of jujitsu. Yeah. There, they're yeah. always training, always moving. Mm, yeah it was amazing it was a really really cool experience so and australia's going to get there we've got so much talent so much potential the only thing australia needs is just probably a little bit more time to get some of our young guns uh on that stage and australia is going to be represented you watch (laughs) we're already represented but like it'll be really cool to be able to challenge it in a in our own little aussie way so i'm I'm excited to see how it goes (laughs) i i I don't doubt it i think (laughs) give it some time yeah, yeah. Uh, when you were in California, where did you stop by to travel? Or uh, not travel. Where did you stop by to train? <laughs> so I went down to uh, San Diego and I stopped in at, uh, I think you pronounce it, uh, Hara Jiu-Jitsu. It's spelled R-A-D-A. Um, but I think it's a little look at the silent R situation. <laughs> so I went to Hada Jiu-Jitsu. Um, we went to, uh, it was Bree Jiu-Jitsu as well. So we got to train, I think, with Dan. I'm not sure of his surname, uh, but he, he was a brilliant coach, really, really incredible. Um, and it was electric Jiu-Jitsu as well. So, yeah, amazing. We had a really great experience. The welcome was so incredibly warm. Like it was just, hey, you're here for worlds, no worries. My my gym is your gym. Come train and let's you know roll and share. And it was yeah, it was great. Really, really awesome. Good, good. Like, I remember when you and I were going back and forth. You're asking, you know, hey, are you gonna be at worlds? And I was like, well, I won't be at worlds, but my team will be there. <laughs> and then I was trying to find out who's gonna be there because I I hadn't been at the gym as much lately, just with changing schedules and changing work and everything so i'm like i messaged my one buddy i'm like hey are you going to worlds like no i'm not going (laughs) who's going and he's like hold on let me find out i don't hear back from him and then by that time like you're already there i was like oh shit and then then i'm seeing on instagram who's all there was like oh oh 
and, and everyone's friendly from our group, but also it's like, just to say, hey, so Melly, go talk to this person right <laughs> there. Sure, no, no, I know it's weird. You're, you're a complete stranger, but it'll be cool. Trust me. <laughs> now, they actually would have been very nice, but they also would have been like, Dante said what? But it was yeah, funny because it, like when I uh, got in the queue to get on the plane, someone saw that I was wearing or uh, holding a tatami backpack and they just tapped me on the shoulder and they said, oh, you're going to LA, you're going to Worlds. And I said, yes, I am. And I said, do you train? And they said, yes, I do. And then it sparked this incredible conversation for the next 15 minutes. And then we connected on Instagram. And, I've, you know, this is the world of jiu-jitsu. Now we're friends. We'll probably train together. We're both from Sydney. <laughs> so oh, cool. it's a great sport. <laughs> yeah, jiu-jitsu is, like, really, really cool in that way where it, it's – I think it's popular – enough but i think it's still at that point where it's like if we see someone out in the wild <laughs> we're excited we're like oh my god are you trying to like yeah <laughs> be my friend yeah please talk to me please talk to me about jujitsu <laughs> i went to a um party a few weeks back and i get a text well before the party I get a text from my buddy's wife and she goes, Hey Dante, there's a guy from Ireland here who trains uh jujitsu. He's really excited to meet you. I was like, Oh word, that's pretty fucking cool. I was like, I'll be sure to bring my gear that day. I get a text 10 minutes later. Yeah, Bobby says, Don't bring your gear. Oh, <laughs> I was like, okay. Bobby's like, no, 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 not in this house. No, we're going to the backyard. It's fine. <laughs> when I got to the party, you know, I did the usual greet. I'm I'm really like awkward, so I walk in like, "Hey, everybody! Hey, everybody! I got beer!" Like, oh. <laughs> okay. And then as I walk by, now I have not seen this Irishman yet, so I'm just assuming as I'm walking through because there are people there that I don't know. So I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. I was like, and he walks up to me because I had on a BJJ Wiki shirt. <laughs> he walks up to me and he goes, Dante. I was like, Yeah. And then we sat down and just started talking jujitsu. Like it, it's a it's a it was a party for like collectors, like action figures, comic books, things of that nature, transformers, <laughs> shit like that. Yeah. And we didn't talk about any collecting at all. All we talked about was jujitsu, he and I and, and whiskey. So <laughs> and whiskey. But but that's that's one of those magical things about jujitsu is like when we fire one of our own out in the wild, mm. it, it's like Oh my God, we've got so yeah. much to catch up on. Yeah, where have you been all my life? <laughs> so, for you with training and mm-hmm. and then also what you do with your art as well, like was that just kind of a automatic thing for you when once you got into training? Like, because it, it feels like you know, oh okay, I you know I do jujitsu. I'm also an artist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess I'll just mesh the two worlds or was it like a, like, was it an automatic thing for you? Like just like common sense or was it something as you're doing jujitsu for a while? Like, huh, maybe I should kind of mesh these two worlds together. So when I first started training, uh, my very first class, the black belt that was coaching me with my injury, uh, he said, 
there's another girl in jiu-jitsu or the in our gym who actually takes notes uh, and draws the pictures that helps her study um, with her memory, etc., etc. And I guess for me, I found jiu-jitsu a little bit later in life uh, and I did all the responsible things after school, like go and work on my career and explore the world, etc. But I lost journaling. I was actually, I've been quite artistic forever, very creative mind, but I think there was just a period of time where I just got really busy doing adult things and didn't make time for it. So when he made that suggestion, I thought, oh, that could be a little bit of fun. So I went straight to the shop and bought myself a little book. Uh, and from my very first class, I'd actually taken notes. And <laughs> the first drawing I ever did was a stick figure. Like it's, it's horrendous <laughs> how bad this image is for my first class. But the beautiful thing is how it's advanced from my first class. To, I still take notes and I still draw pictures and techniques after training. Um, but I guess it kind of started because someone else suggested it and it continued because it has always been something that I've thoroughly enjoyed doing. But, you know, jiu-jitsu being the sport as it is, it just gives you so much. And I guess it brought back journaling uh, and an opportunity to express art as well into my life. So, yeah, it's I guess in one ways it was always going to happen, but it came through someone else's suggestion, which was really cool. Cool. That's interesting. Because, <laughs> like, I don't know, in my mind, I just had this already preconceived idea. I was like, no, she probably just put on a gear. I was like, hmm. Okay, I'm gonna draw this right here, right there. You know, I'm gonna just start doing, just sitting there at the at the gym, just drawing people as they're training. So I was like, "What the fuck are you drawing? Like, what are you doing?" Like, no, it actually get choked unconscious. <laughs> Hold that thought. I just have to quickly draw you. <laughs> no, um, I'd always draw my pictures at home in a little notebook, um, and it was funny because at the very beginning, obviously, it would take many hours I would spend a lot of time but because it was enjoyable too um, but I found it was a, a good way to settle the adrenaline when I first started I suppose white belts experience it at different levels but I always found myself because I'm such curious mind problem solving everything um, that if I could just focus that on the paper in front of me it was a very mindful activity to reduce the adrenaline, but also be productive uh, with my mind <laughs> and then as a result of that it just became a really fun way to study, but it's never actually felt like study. But now that I've been training for a little while and I've got experience um, and a little bit of diversity in my skill set, I suppose, I find that things are very, they come back to me very quickly. Like if I have a little bit of time off the mats because of whatever might be going on in the world uh, or just my personal life, when I come back, um, it's it's easy to kind of recall, I think, because of the time I've invested in writing down the details and drawing those techniques and focusing on where grips might be or what someone else might be doing. Uh, so I guess with the drawing, it's not only learning the technique that I was trying to, to do, but also what the defense or the attacks might be on the opposite side of it. So it's, it's really cool how it gives you so much. Um, and I actually have uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight um, books, <laughs> A5 books of notes from my first uh, my first class and I've kept up every single seminar, every single session, every everything that I've done. I've got at least one page to recognize that in these journals. <laughs> yeah, that's that's next level. Just like <laughs> I write. Jeez Louise, dude. Um, I'll have to get a picture of that and 
some <laughs> corporate debt. Um, <laughs> like I write notes and writing helps me a lot. I can only imagine like, you know, what drawing it does for you. It definitely think, has to help a lot. Yeah. In some ways now, when I think about it, it's nearly like cheating because once you have the image and I've drawn the technique, all I have to do is, and I'll send you a photo, is I just draw arrows with pointed details of what might be happening or what the grips are or what the intent is, or what the concept is. I think articulating it in a paragraph without an image would be far more difficult, whereas because I spend so much time building a, an image um, or a technique in a drawing, I'm just, you know, I guess maybe I'm just advanced. <laughs> with how I take my notes, but I, I don't think I could write it from the top of the page to the bottom. I definitely need the picture <laughs> to help sure. me visualize it um, and then jot down exactly what I'm trying to achieve or what I'm trying to defend. So <laughs> I also think with you having been in the experience, so when you're drawing the notes or, you know, you know, drawing a technique, you know what you're looking for. You, you know, it all makes sense to you. My daughter found my um, journal it's not that she found it was sitting on the table. <laughs> she starts flipping through and now. She's at that age where she she wants to read everything. So she's flipping through and she's reading some of the notes. And as I'm listening to her read them, they make total sense to me. I was there. I know exactly what the move is. But as I hear her reading, there's just like this puzzled sound in her voice as she's reading. I'm like, yeah, trust me. You ain't going to get it. And, and I oftentimes wonder if like, someone who you know if, if another grappler could read those notes and know what's going on so but i know because i was there mm -hmm. so I've, I've tested that with my notes actually uh so i did this seminar once when i was up on the central coast which is just about probably an hour and a half north of sydney and it was a, an incredible leg lock seminar no gi I, I love it i think because i'm quite tall i really enjoy uh, leg entanglements and things like that um, so when I came home, I actually drew, I think it was seven pages worth of um, techniques and not, notes around it because I was just like, oh, this is so exciting. So I documented everything to the best of my recollection, which has actually improved as a result of this note taking. So it's, I highly recommend it if anyone's ever sitting on the fence about doing it or not. But my girlfriend, uh, who I train with quite regularly, couldn't make this seminar. So two weeks later, we ended up going to the gym together and I brought my notebook and I opened up the pages uh, to this particular leg lock seminar and we were able to recount the whole session uh, based on the notes that I'd taken. So obviously not in the greatest detail that a black belt would have um, been able to articulate it, but all the concepts, all the key points, everything that was relevant to me at that seminar that I captured in my notes, I could share with her uh, with the same level of confidence as if I'd just done the seminar. So <laughs> I was pretty happy with that. I thought, oh, wow. Um, I'm, I'm quite happy with being able to share this <laughs> through through my notebook. So it was very cool. Well, it, I mean, it sounds like, you know, again, what I've seen on Instagram and then what you just described there, I mean, it makes sense. You know, you should be able to see it and, and get what's going on. It's like, okay, makes perfect <laughs> sense. I get it. I, I mean, again, I like my notes that I write. I mean, again, they make sense to me because I was there. I know exactly what I was talking right. about. Yeah. <laughs> But, You're the eh, intended audience. <laughs> yes. And and that's what I try to remind myself as I'm writing the notes. It's like, well, look, this is for me. And yeah. even here, like, 
my handwriting here. <laughs> I oh, write extremely <laughs> like detailed. Yeah, yeah, love but it. It's it's like I remember that you know I have to then say myself, why am I writing so like neat? This is for me. <laughs> I know what the fuck I write. I know what I'm saying. Versus <laughs> like I, I think I always have in my mind like someday the house will get like buried in a collapse or something and people find my journals and, and books I was like we have to decipher this and read this perfect handwriting whereas nobody's gonna ever see these notes but me and my daughter who, yeah who's like, what's this <laughs> so with um you know making a trip out to la for worlds for you and like how did that come about like it because like for us here in the u.s it's like oh you know just gonna go over to la i mean that's you know not that bad it's like down the street for us you know kind of <laughs> not really <laughs> like you're coming from another country like you're coming from across the ocean it's yeah. like that's not just like a decision you make like you're just sitting there you know at the breakfast table one morning you know eating like eggs and you say you know like, i'm probably gonna go to la next week like, <laughs> yeah yeah so this was a pretty special experience um so i actually my closest girlfriend in jiu-jitsu serena she um she had her eyes on competing at worlds one day and she's an incredible athlete and she does really well here in australia um and she wanted to test her skill set on the world stage uh, and she i said to her i'm like look if you go i'll come with you like i uh i'm not going to compete <laughs> um but i'm you know your your biggest fan the world's best cheerleader and uh, i'd love to come and just you know cheer for you on the sidelines so anyway uh she booked her ticket to come to the us and i followed suit so i was certainly inspired by her journey to go to worlds and have a crack um, and it just gave me a great opportunity because together we were able to train at those gyms and we were able to learn and get some new experience and, and share things with other practitioners. Um, and then I got to, to see her perform at Worlds, which was absolutely incredible. And I'm so proud of her. She did such a great job. Um, and so that's, that's how it all came about. So this probably, I think it was around March uh, that we finalised our tickets, um, but we'd spoken about it for a couple of months prior to that. But I think in her mind, she'd always had a goal to get there. Um, I just, uh, I, I just went along for the ride, <laughs> so it was great. Uh, I was really happy that she she went all in because I got to experience worlds um, in in my own little way. Like I. I love this sport so much. I love everything that it has to offer. I love to contribute to it, which is one of the reasons why I have the Instagram account so that I can share and, you know, I don't know, just bring some smiles and joy like in another dimension. I mean, competing, competing, sorry, is obviously a big part of the sport, but I just love that I kind of have a little bit of something else that I can offer too and because it makes so many people happy uh, as well as myself, it's kind of like win-win and being able to do that and go to worlds like i got to participate you know as a cheerleader and support all my friends and see some really incredible australian athletes competing as well um yeah i guess i just was like oh and opportunities here the door is opened i must walk through it <laughs> and there i found myself in california training at some awesome gyms drawing some amazing pictures meeting fantastic people uh you know and having an awesome conversation with you like it's just amazing what this sport uh can offer <laughs> Yeah, jujitsu, like I said, it, it's a it's a magnificent thing. It's amazing because again, mm. 
you don't know who you're going to end up meeting. Some of my closest friends are grapplers, and I met them through, obviously, jiu-jitsu and, you know, quite a few online through Instagram. Like, <laughs> two, two of my closest friends that I talk to every day just about, I met because of jiu-jitsu through Instagram. So, it, <laughs> so it, cool. it's, 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 you know, yeah. like they said in, uh, what was it, uh, Point Break, uh, the movie Point Break about surfing. The young man said to Keanu Reeves, surfing is the source, man. You know, I said that about <laughs> jiu-jitsu. It's the source. Yeah, it certainly brought a lot to my life. And it's keeping it alive with art. So, it's, yeah, it's great. There is it's something for everyone in it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and also, you know, a big point that you made there, too, is being, being there um, as a cheerleader. Mm. You know, that's more important than what people actually, th- you know, think it is you know just having a support system having you know your team there having your friends there having someone in your corner versus just showing up by yourself mm-hmm. and just saying there's some people with ice in their veins they could do that they could just show up and be like eh, i'm gonna go compete this. i'm gonna go win yeah no, no big deal mm-hmm. and then others you know not that others necessarily need to have you know a backup support group but it is nice to know that you have someone there cheering you on. It's nice to know that, you know, your your team showed up for you. So Yeah. Good. Yeah. Uh, and like it's funny because like I I, I don't compete. Like I'm I'm really not a competitor. My goal is to kind of do at least one competition per belt level, you know, and, and that's okay for me. Like I'm totally comfortable with the fact that I don't go uh, all day every day to try and compete. Of course, I want to learn. Of course, I want to progress. Of course, I want to get better. Um, but, you know, competing is just not quite right for me at, you know, the stage of my life that I'm at. Um, but I love to support those who are at that right stage and who love to get amongst it. You know, and if they want to drill with me, if they want to roll with me, you know, whether it's a hard roll, a flow roll, a medium roll, like if I can do something to help someone prepare for a competition, like I'm there. You know, and there's been so many comps this year in Australia that I've been to, to cheer on my friends, you know, to cheer on my teammates uh, and like whether they win, whether they lose, like I'm still, I'm so proud of them. And I'm like, and I yell that, I'm like, I'm so proud of you. You did a great job, you know, like, you know, go get it, like have a great time. And like they just, just to give them a hug after in a win or a loss, like, like, you know, who cares really? Like it's. The, the camaraderie the friendships it's you're having a go you're putting yourself out there I'm just I'm so stoked for them and you know one day like they'll all be there for me like it's just kind of how it is but in the meantime I'm just I'm loving the encouraging of others and just you know helping them be proud like there are you know we've got some really people who are really hard on themselves and I just I love helping them see the rainbow it's like oh but you did this really well or you know you had a go or you know just trying to help them see a little bit of success somewhere so it's yeah it's amazing (laughs) and I I personally it takes no time or energy for me to do that like it's just a natural part of who I am (laughs) to be a bit of a cheerleader and it might just be my place in the sport you know but again that's also fine because uh people are happy to receive it I'm happy to give it so we share that in common. It, it's that that's one thing that I always feel like I may not I, I don't compete. Like I've competed, but I don't regularly compete. It's just not my cup of tea. 
Mm. You know, I watch my teammates go through what they get through, and, and they're great. They're really, really good. They're like, it, like, it, it's I can't even explain how good you know these mm. these males and females are at at jujitsu. It's just <laughs> that's not my journey. But mm. you know, when it comes to training, if a teammate needs me, what do you want to yeah. drill? What do you want to work on? like now that my schedule has opened up where I have the weekends available and I was like, Oh, there's a competition locally. I'm here. I'll, I'll, I'll be there with you guys. I didn't know there was a competition going on today. My team, my teammate was over here last night. Cause we had another teammate make the, their professional MMA debut. So we're watching the fight and he's like, yeah, I gotta, uh, you know, compete tomorrow. I was like, Oh, you know, where, where, like whereabouts, like, you know, which, which comp, like where's it going to be at? And he told me where I was like, oh, nah, that, that that's a hike. I ain't making that trip. <laughs> Plus, my sister's in town, so I, yeah. I've already had, you know, plans. Yeah. So. But, yeah, just being there for your team is that, you know, that makes a big difference. So, mm-hmm. you know, good for you and good for the team. You know, you know, not, not saying, hey, Melly, you got to compete. You got to do it. You're not going to get better unless you compete. Because I, yeah. I do encounter that on Instagram a lot with people. It's like, well, if you don't mm-hmm. compete, you're not going to get better. It's like, well, you can. It's going to be, yeah. a, you know, a different timetable, but you, you'll get better. Mm-hmm. Everyone Yeah. Does. I think there's a little bit of pressure to compete. Um, there there are certainly uh, – I, I do feel that how come you're not competing situation. Um, but I suppose – I think the way that people have seen me advance in the artistic space of uh, jiu-jitsu – they're kind of appreciating that there are other ways to fit into this sport and enjoy this sport. So I hope that I can keep that avenue alive because I'm really confident that there are other people like you and I <laughs> out there that just love to be amongst it in, in gentle ways with the sport. Um, so I'm hoping that art or the drawings or whatever it is that I'm doing, that my influence can help inspire maybe other people that just really want to be amongst it but uh, maybe competing <laughs> doesn't fit what their definition uh, might be for the sport. So anyway, we'll see. <laughs> I'll keep just being myself and keep drawing and <laughs> keep cheerleading and you never know. <laughs> Our journey, everyone's journey is different. So this is your journey and your path. And, you know, those who are competing, that's their that's their journey and their path. So right. there should never, ever be a, a point where you feel like, man, I don't compete, I'm a punk, you know. It's like, or <laughs> yeah. I compete, I'm so much better than the rest of the world because I compete. And don't get me wrong, people who go out there and compete, my hat's off to them because mm, the nerves that you're going through and, and the emotions mm. that you're going through, win or lose. I mean, there's a lot like when you see someone win, and I, I put mm. up a video recently of someone uh tapping someone out, and granted, their their celebration may not have been the most professional, mm. but the thing is, everyone's different in that regard of like they got a win, they got a submission, the adrenaline's going, they're excited, you yeah. know, their, their body's just reacting. Whereas a lot of people are like, oh, that's so unprofessional, da da da. And some people are like they win, and you know, it's just like, okay, I won. Very, very yeah. humble. We're yeah. all different. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it was funny though, um, when I was in California with my friend we're having a little joke because I I kind of got the 
uh, like a really nice, easy version of Worlds. I got to do all the training with all the high-level athletes and I got to see all the things and ask all the questions. I didn't have to worry about, uh, you know, what food I was eating or how much sleep I was getting. I really was a bit spoiled. <laughs> so in some ways, it's kind of like, who's the real winner? <laughs> That's a fact. That is, that is a big fact. Yeah. Um, so... Um, with you not necessarily being a competitor, um, mm -hmm. you know, like on, on the level of those who call themselves competitors, um, do you see yourself, you know, at any point, you know, traveling to do a competition? Like, like not necessarily to worlds, but like, you know, if let's say you and a couple of teammates are like, hey, let's go to U.S. and do, I don't know, pans or mm -hmm. something, uh, no gi or something, you know, something out here in the U.S. or I'm not, so I'm going to sound very ignorant as, you know, mm -hmm. I, I'm not sure because there's Australia. Like, <laughs> we do close have that. by? <laughs> oh, right. So New Zealand's close. <laughs> Indonesia's close. Thailand is, uh, I would say, reasonably close, but it's still like a 10-hour flight <laughs> from, from Sydney. Um, but we actually, we have lots of people, like competitions come to Australia um, that are a reasonably high level, like AJP came to Australia. Um, and, you know, we also had PANS as well. So um, I'd say I am open to any experience and opportunity that this sport can offer. Um, I would really like to, to compete because it is a good challenge and it is something that I'd like to, to explore and, and have a go uh, at doing. Um, but when that might be, I'd say realistically, probably next year, um, just with everything that I have on my plate at the moment. And it's not something that I'd ever rule out. It's probably just if you had a priority list, it's not uh, as high up there as other things that I can achieve in this sport at the moment. So, I mean, not that I expect to ever be a world star, <laughs> but I, I would like to have a go and, and just test myself and, you know, learn some new things, meet some new things, and also just a new dimension to the sport as well. Like I fully appreciate that it's a whole nother perspective on things, which I would like to experience and explore as well. Um, but like I say, realistically, it's probably going to be next year for me. Okay. Right. Well, mm -hmm. you know, when do you do, you know, make that move? You know, I'm there. I got you. I, I'm in your corner. I'm cheering you on. Yeah. Like, I'm, like I am a fan. So I got you. Oh, thank um, you. <laughs> before we get out of here, um my my seven year old who's obsessed oh, yeah. with Australia had some <laughs> questions. And they're they're very seven year old questions. Like they like my my wife, we're all sitting at dinner tonight, and my wife, you know. Is explaining to my daughter, yes, you know, daddy's gonna be recording with a lady from Australia, and she's like, her eyes lit up. And oh. then my wife suggested she asked some questions. I was like, oh, I guess maybe that would be a cute segment to the podcast, you know, questions from a seven year old because <laughs> she does ask some wild questions at times. But these, I was expecting, like, well, I think some of her original questions were kind of like off the wall. My wife was like, yeah, no, let's not ask that. That's no, mm -hmm. we're not doing that. And I was like, oh, we should. <laughs> I love chaos. Oh. <laughs> um, but my seven-year-old would like to know, because we always talk about Australia and the many um, animals that we are terrified of here <laughs> as Americans. The, my, my only exposure to Australia 
is Crocodile Dundee and the TV show Lost. So anyhow, <laughs> the question is from the seven-year-old because animals. <laughs> what kind of snakes do you have? We have so many. We have so many. I remember I was in Western Australia, um, which is about a six-hour flight uh, from Sydney to Perth, um, but then fly north another three hours, say. So right on the, the western side up that north end um, near Broome. And we were inland a little bit from there, but just to give you some geologic, geological um, baseline, uh, we were flying to a gorge and we had this helicopter drop us off in uh, down in a gorge and there was a black death adder. <laughs> and it is called that because if you are bitten by this snake, that you have basically six to ten hours before fatal injury. Like it's a very, very scary poisonous snake <laughs> that we came within, I would say, five metres of. Uh, and let's just say we quickly retreated <laughs> and moved on. But we certainly have some very deadly, deadly, deadly snakes. Uh, and then we also have some relatively harmless green uh, tree pythons. <laughs> so uh, we have the whole variety. Unfortunately, the snakes are not a lie. <laughs> All right, so I just um, wrote that down. So uh, things, to, <laughs> things to avoid. <clears throat> Australia. No, 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 just the uh, the the um, the desert country components of Australia. Everything kind of in the city is is fine, but when you start to go out into the red center, uh, it yeah, it, it gets a little bit more wild. <laughs> See, and that's always been my assumption. It's like, look. It's not like it's just some like land of like just trees and no like it, it's not like y'all living in huts. You know? like, <laughs> there's got to be cities and like it's not <laughs> madness. But Florida is a thing down here, and you go to Florida and it seems okay until you see an alligator walk across the street and you're like, nope, I'm getting back <laughs> on this plane now. So okay, I've never seen a crocodile <laughs> or an alligator uh, in. The city of Sydney, <laughs> but go to Darwin. I can't attest to Darwin. I know that there's lots of salties up in on Darwin's coastline. Um, not that I've seen them sort of come in, but they're a real threat. You don't go swimming uh, in waters up in that northern territory space. <laughs> we just like okay. So Australia is really diverse, right? It depends on where in the country you are as to what the hazards and the risks might be. <laughs> in Sydney, it's relatively far. You know, you'll have your little spiders and things, but you're not going to see, like, too much chaos when it comes to dangerous animals. But if you're in the, the Red Centre or if you're up in Darwin or if you're up in that west side or, like, whether it's North Queensland or western New South Wales, okay, sure, maybe the wildlife's a little bit more prevalent there. But, you know, in, in the southern ends where it's a little bit more city and <laughs> not really selling it to you, am I? <laughs> at the very it's least, I know Sydney... Sydney's the spot to go, basically. Yeah, come to Sydney. Come to Sydney. Come to Adelaide. Go to Tasmania <laughs> and Brisbane. They're all good places. <laughs> I will make that note because my daughter's always saying we've got to go certain places, and I love my daughter. And if she, you know, she, you know, as she's older, and then heaven, you know, forbid, you know, anything happens along this path, if she says, "Hey, Dad, we have to go to Australia," I'm like, "All right, baby doll, let's go." <laughs> 
you should. But then I'll I want to I want to say we have to go to these places. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's funny. Yes, if you ever do come to Australia, just let me know in advance and I'll I'll give you some feedback on your planned destinations. <laughs> if I if I go to Australia at any point, like I said, my first thing is like, okay, so where are the nearest gyms we can train at? Number one. Oh yeah. Yes, yeah, so good. Avoid all like snakes. <laughs> oh, funny. All right. So her second question, I think she has three and a half questions. Her okay. second question is, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with the the cartoon Bluey. Oh, the, um, is it a giant dog cartoon? Yes. I haven't seen it for a long time. I wish I could say the same. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> she, like, she, she's also obsessed with that show as well. Um, it was actually someone she was watching on YouTube named Melly that she that I think that was her initial introduction to Australia. But her question is, what's your favorite Bluey character if you have one? But, oh, I don't think I've watched Bluey enough to have a favorite character. Um, but if she loves animals, you can tell her that we do have blue healers in Australia, they usually live on farms. <laughs> And they usually uh, help herd cattle and sheep and whatever else might be running around. So that might be an interesting fact to share with her. <laughs> I will pass that on to her. And I know her <laughs> eyes will light up because no. it's new information. <laughs> yeah. Her next question is kind of a two-parter. Or no, maybe it's not. Maybe not. Okay, I'm dumb. I, I read it wrong. Is <laughs> there a zoo in Australia? Oh, yes. We have several zoos in Australia. Um, Dubbo Zoo, Taronga Zoo, and Australia Zoo up in Queensland. So I'm sure there are plenty more, but they're the ones that spring to mind. Um, very popular, very large, lots of amazing animals to see when you come to visit with her. <laughs> I, I will let her know, like, look, kid, there are plenty to go to. Just pick one. Um, and then her last question is, what is your, what is your favorite place to go to? in Australia? The Kimberleys. So I was really lucky um, to travel across Australia uh, with my husband. So we went, we've done two big trips across the country. We've driven from Perth to Sydney via Uluru. Um, and we've driven for our honeymoon. We went from Sydney to Adelaide up the centre to Darwin and then over west um, into Western Australia for a little bit. And the Kimberleys of all the places that I've been to in the world, and I'm really lucky to have travelled and experienced and seen a lot, the, the Kimberleys is just out of control beautiful. Like the the colour of the rock, the, you know, the, just the landscape, the, the, the bushland, the, uh, everything about it is just, I just, we have to go back. Actually, the next trip that we're planning uh, is to go back and spend time specifically in the Kimberleys because it's just like the gorges, the water, the, uh, everything is just mind-blowingly beautiful. So if anyone <laughs> who's listening is in Australia and they're a camper, go to the Kimberleys. If anyone is wanting to come to visit Australia overseas, make time to to go to the Kimberleys. Like it is just, it's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful um, representation of Australian nature. So highly recommend my favourite spot for sure. <laughs> 
note it. I'll, I will pass this information <laughs> on to my daughter. And then that will give her a new obsession and new new things to start looking up and, oh. you know, interrupting <laughs> interrupting podcasts and video game time. Like, Dad, did you know this? Like, I do now. I did. Oh, um, amazing. <laughs> but I do appreciate her wanting to share her information and her findings with me. And I will take this back to her so she will also now have <laughs> new things to look into. So thank you for that. Sorry, my pleasure. <laughs> and with that, we'll go ahead and wrap up. So, Miss Melly, thank you so much for doing this, and thank you for you know just making the time, especially on short notice, to do wow, this episode. Hmm. Um, before we get out of here, do you have any shout outs or mentions that you'd like to drop? Um, no, I think honestly, I just I'm really happy to be here, and and thank you so much for the invitation. It's such a nice opportunity to talk and and meet another practitioner, and I just uh, I hope that I've inspired maybe anyone to start taking notes, to start drawing, to to get amongst jujitsu in a way that works for them, and yeah, just thank you so so much. Like I really appreciate it. So, no, oh, no, absolutely, and again, thank you. And as always, to everyone out there, thank you very much for the support. Thank you for listening. And just thank you for everything. If you all have any questions, concerns, criticisms, always feel free to reach out to me. You can find me at bjj.wiki on Instagram or Off The Mats Podcast on Instagram as well. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. You can find me on Instagram, your main spots. I might like to give a big shout out to my crew over there at Nerd Rage Radio. Bobby, Chris, Joe, Marilyn, Phil, you, if you guys listen to the show, you've heard me say all the names. I just can't remember all the names right now. So you guys know the names, all those guys. Um, if it weren't for them, I wouldn't be doing podcasts. And, and I know I've been on a few episodes lately, even though with my schedule change, I said, hey, I can't do episodes really anymore because I'm going to be working during those hours. I think I've been on more episodes the last two months than I've been on in previous years. So. Go check it out. You'll hear me say bad words and every so often talk about nerd stuff. Nerd Rage Radio. I um, also want to give a big shout out to my other podcast, So You Like Horror. If you like scary movies, go check it out. We just did an episode on, we did an episode review on a movie called Killer Kites. So um, it was a fun movie. That's all there is to say. <laughs> it's a fun movie. Go listen to that episode. You'll, you'll really get the full opinion of it. Um, and we're doing horror through the decade. So if you want to know about horror movies from the 1920s up to current, we're on a journey doing that. So go check it out on So You Like Horror on Instagram. All the words separated by underscores. It's a fun time. And last but not least, big shout out to our guest today, Miss Melly from Australia. And actually, as I keep saying that, I'm sitting here like a doof. Like I don't have her Instagram handle right here in front of me. Actually, I don't because it reset. But Miss um, Melly can be found <laughs> on Instagram at the Art of Jiu-Jitsu. All one word. I'll put that in the show notes. So big shout out to Melly here and her artwork and her jiu-jitsu journey. You can go follow that on the Art of Jiu-Jitsu on Instagram. So go check it out. She has some amazing work. And she's a wonderful person to talk to. I mean, she started talking to me on Instagram. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, people are friendly. And like, I felt at first I felt like, is this a scam? People aren't this nice. Like, 
because I've been getting hit by a lot. I got a text from a scammer <laughs> today talking about your refund is on its way. Go ahead and click this link. I was like, boy, get out of my face. So it it it, it was a little jarring at first. So I'm glad that we actually got to do this episode in chit chat. So now I know that you're a real human and and not a scammer. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you all go check out her Instagram and and um you know follow her journey as well. Um, otherwise, thank you again, everyone. I love you all to death. You guys have been great, and I appreciate you all. You guys keep listening, and I'm gonna keep making these shows. Thank you, everyone, and goodbye. Bye, everyone. They publish it. Now let me see his song.